My name is Mike Schwartz, and I am the trusted authority of musician wellness. I created this show as a bridge between health and wellness and the music industry. They call me the rock doctor. And this? This is the dose. Let's do this thing. professional, I've had the opportunity to coach folks just like you to be the best versions of themselves for over 12 years now. During that time, I've also toured the world playing drums for a lot of different groups. So believe me, I get it. I'm an artist too. I now specialize with musicians and industry alike, providing services in movement, nutrition, and mindset to help ensure you maximize your performance both on and off the stage. I literally wrote the book on this stuff. It's called The Musician's Guide to Surviving the Rockstar Lifestyle. And you can go pick it up on Amazon if you like. Now, when I'm not touring as an artist myself, I get to work with musicians and industry alike. I also get to chat with a lot of really rad people. Rad people that are also professionals in their field, delivering insight to you on topics that'll help maximize your performance. And on the show today, I've got one of those rad dudes. His name is Ben Nixon. And I've actually had the pleasure of working with Ben one-on-one to help correct some of his plaguing injuries, injuries he's sustained in, in the many roles that he has in the, in the music industry. I think you guys are really going to connect with his story. So without further ado, this is my man, Ben Nixon. All right, folks, welcome back to The Dose. I'm sitting here in, wow, where, where are we, Mr. Ben Nixon? Uh, we are in the recording room of the Bella Concert Hall. This is a brilliant place. This is my first experience in this place. I've heard lots about it and apparently missed like four years of my life. <laughs> so we're here at home in Calgary, Alberta. Well, my home. Ben, you're kind of home, yeah? Yeah, I've been here since 2011. Excellent, my man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll get into uh, a little bit of your story and what your what your role in the industry is in a, in a second. But I wanted to start things off with... Uh, uh, a bit that I usually save for the end of this, but I feel it's, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's its kind of a good time to, to change things up, and I want to go into your favorites, right? I would like to know, first off the bat, how's your favorite way to move and or sweat? Uh, I like team sports. I don't honestly do them that often, but I really like the camaraderie, and I can get so into the exercise without it necessarily Without noticing, you know, the pain or whatever, yeah. like if I was doing a solo sport. Of course, yeah. What what would you have to say what's, if you were to go play something right now? What's what's the go-to team sport? Um, I really enjoy Ultimate. Oh, yeah. All um, right. Or street hockey. Perfect. Or even racquetball. It's not quite team, but it's a couple people. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's perfect, man. And that sets us up for uh, your role in the industry and how we originally got connected here, too. So um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and a bit about what you do to help the industry? All right. I'm Ben Nixon, and I am usually a sound tech. I prefer the term tech or technician over engineer because I think it's presumptuous to call yourself an engineer if you don't have an engineering degree. Um, <laughs> Valid point. And uh, so I do a lot of live sound work, usually for concerts, doing front of house sound for what the audience hears or monitors for what the performers hear. Um, I also, my background is actually more in recording. That's how I got into music and the technical sides of music. Um, and I'll also manage the production of events 
And more recently, I've been getting into teaching workshops. So I've been focusing on teaching sound fundamentals for musicians so that they can have better experiences, whether they're running sound for themselves or uh, collaborating effectively with a dedicated sound tech. Oh, awesome. So, you, I mean, you got a few hats. Got yeah. a few hats. Yeah. Like somebody else I know, right? So that's, that's really awesome. I mean, um, we originally got connected to um, actually the weirdest way. It was over at... Uh, the area we were yeah, chopping area. wood or something yeah we were doing like basically <laughs> manual labor yeah and i happened to meet, meet this guy and i know david was uh shout out to david winkler he, oh you i'm sure you guys will uh really get along i'm like okay cool and you just happened to be the coolest guy and found out you got into sound you were doing your bass player as well you're a musician kind of wearing a lot of hats you're a musician but as most of us are we've got a couple different kind of roles in the industry and that uh throughout the years we we reconnected and kind of different stages and in weirder spots and then uh led us to like our, our professional re- working relationship probably one of the most uh, i guess formal <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> if you want to call it formal yeah. in the music industry um where you'd run into some uh some physical well-being uh issues and uh i had the pleasure of uh, working with your your now wife before she was yeah uh lisa and um we'll have to get her on the show too i'm, I'm happy to hear she's doing well but she had uh, she had worked with me as well, and um, and we had done some good things. And why don't you tell me or tell the audience here a little bit about where you come from with uh, regards to why we connected on the on the physical well being? I guess sure. So I've kind of had off and on issues with my shoulders and arms and neck and various various parts of that since I was a teenager. Um, so probably the last I don't know fourteen fifteen years something like that, and. Um, I've, I've tried a bunch of different treatments, so I've done some acupuncture, massage, chiropractic, physiotherapy, um, and I think all of them have had their benefits at different times, but I, uh, back when I was in Nelson, that would have been like over 10 years ago now, I started working with a guy there who was trained in some of the, the Czech exercise modality stuff. Um, you'd know the terms better than me. Um, (laughs) And that was sort of a, a breakthrough for me at that point of challenges I was having where it really helped me focus on um, core strength and on functional movements and things like that. And I left Nelson, and so I wasn't doing that anymore, and inevitably my issues kind of recurred. Um, and when you were living underneath me, I think that's when I found yeah. out uh, when in the basement suite, I should say, it wasn't like a really weird situation. <laughs> uh, living, living literally under a rock. You know, we were on top of the rock. I was under the rock. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great spot, man. That was an awesome house. Yeah. So I found out at that point that you had some check training and, and use some of those, some of those theories and exercises as well. And so I started working with you and that really helped me at that point with, feeling functional again, feeling strong with everything, whether that was, you know, lifting or just like sitting in a chair and not feeling like a bag of potatoes. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of where I had my formal relationship yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. And I guess what has come out of that, because I am, you keep on alluding to the, the recurring uh, pain. And I, I think your story is one that, you know, we've been, we've been working together for the betterment of like two years now almost. Right. So, um, off and on in, in that sense. So when you say recurring, um, that's a point that I, I would like to make. Like oftentimes people think that when they get into movement and it's great, whether you're coming to it from previous experience or you're brand new to exercise, one of the things that is 
kind of assumed by most people is that, oh, I'm, I, I should be moving and my expectations are here and I'm not getting there. So what could you say to, uh, to the folks that, that have tried something in the past and have similarly kind of hit numerous roadblocks? Well, I think it's sort of an unfortunate reality that a lot of things just have to be maintained and not all, all of our bodies start out the same. Some people, whether some people have tighter joints or looser joints, or maybe they're just more susceptible to strains and sprains, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people just have to make sure they stay on top of the things that make them feel better rather than just doing it for a couple months and assuming they're fixed for life. Yeah. Um, and I wish that wasn't the case. I'd love to just, you know, have a quick reset button there, yeah, no doubt. but, uh, uh, I have been having issues again. I mean, I haven't really been training with you for a while now since you've been away and I've been doing other stuff. Um, and I've had some of the similar kind of issues come back. And so I'm trying to find which variations on exercises and and things are going to be the most help for me right now. Um, because I, I do need to stay on top of it and I just, I want to find ways to do that so that I don't lose motivation where I get too discouraged with parts of my work because of how I feel physically. Um, and people, people have symptoms that, that exhibit in different ways. Like I'm fortunate in that I'm not someone who has regular back strains or anything like that. Uh, I can only think of one time that that's happened on the job for me. Um, for me, it's more of the, more of the sort of steady low level stuff with repetitive motion. So what gets me the most is using a computer or when I'm doing sound, if I'm setting up at an audio console that's not really well situated and I'm sitting awkwardly in a chair or twisting so that I'm not supporting myself, those are the things that really aggravate my shoulder and arm discomfort pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, even talking off, uh, off record here, we were, we were mentioning like if you're sitting behind a computer or something for multiple hours, how bad is that for the next week? Yeah. Right? For, for yeah. It takes me a while to feel normal again where it doesn't flare up within minutes. Now you said something uh, really interesting I want to circle back on to is uh, this is something that I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people that are interested in, in working with myself or another professional that is, uh, is good with corrective exercise. You mentioned, you know, there's a certain commitment to the maintenance program. Now you've, everybody's a little different. You also mentioned, and you got to find what you like. So for you and your experience, what is some of that stuff? Um, maybe there's something in there that, that somebody listening, um, could pick up on. They haven't tried. Um, well, I think that's probably true for other people, but I know for myself, uh, I like doing the stuff I'm good at. Yeah, so of course. for me, <laughs> um, I mean, I know like six pack ab cruncher guy, but, um, I've always enjoyed doing core exercise stuff as part of exercise programs. Um, and so I tend to be, be able to catch on to those things and see progress pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course those things are important, but there's also stuff that I'm neglecting then. So for me, I think when I can, if I've got a program where I've got a combination of things that are, you know, as close to fun as possible, yeah. um, combined with some of the things that maybe are a little farther outside my, my strengths or outside my comfort zone, yeah. Well, you're hitting on something that I figured we'd, we'd probably get to a little later, but might as well address, address it right now, is that how much of physical well-being is really physical where it comes down to – we also have that mindset of like if you're not pumped about doing that exercise per se, um, 
how much more inclined would you be if you are going out to play racquetball or if you are going to, because there are different forms of exercise that yeah. a lot of folks don't really consider. Like the simplest thing, instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs. Yeah. Right? There's like that little change, that little habit can help you lead a healthier lifestyle. So how much do you really believe in your personal this doesn't have to be a professional thing, but in your personal opinion, how much do you believe uh, it comes from that mindset? I think it's a lot of it. Um, I think a lot of recovery comes down to what people often refer to as grit. Um, and honestly, I think that's one of my weaknesses. I think that's part of why I haven't always been as good at recovering and keeping up with maintenance as some people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to be prepared to recognize the adversity embrace it and not just get down on yourself yeah absolutely and i mean it can be difficult because you had mentioned even in your role so like let's kind of dive into that maybe that's a good uh, departure here when you're at work what kind of things give you the most problems what are the biggest uh roadblocks physically as far as when i experience pain or whatever yeah Yeah. um yeah it's definitely if i have to sit for a while at a computer so for how that plays out for me that might be I might be doing up spreadsheets where I'm figuring out input lists for various bands so I know how to patch a stage and make all the acts work and have the event flow smoothly. So I do a lot of prep like that. Or else if I'm actually on the gig, it's most often – it's funny. It's usually the gigs where I'm doing the least work where I have the most discomfort. Oh, where you're stationary. It's where I'm stationary. Or if I'm – say maybe it's a really simple show where all I'm doing is – pressing play on a bunch of tracks for a dance performance or something. Uh, I'm sitting in a chair. Inevitably, I start to slouch at some point. My arms go into weird positions. And by the end of the gig, I just feel terrible. Whereas if it's a gig where I've been running around and setting up all the gear and a bunch of stuff is going wrong, but I'm fixing it, I generally feel a lot better at the end of that day. Um, I might be more tired, but it's more like a whole body tired as opposed to, you know, oh, my arms suck. I'm so mentally exhausted for how bad I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Where it can be really debilitating when you're not even doing anything. I say that all the time is that uh, when I was working a lot in like corporate Calgary, not necessarily in the music industry a lot, we had a lot of corporate cases where it was like people that are sitting in boardrooms, sitting behind computers, CEOs on the phone all the time or in travel all the time. Yeah. Their posture is actually what's killing them. Yeah. So your butt becomes a seat cushion. We've had this conversation too. Your spine, it's compressed. So you have a hunched shoulders. It's like all the things that could go wrong. We're seeing the same kind of symptoms in folks that are sitting behind computers for like six to eight hours a day as professional athletes after a 20 year career. Yeah. Go figure, right? And it sounds like your role is very similar to that, where it's like your posture is killing you. Yeah. How much of that is like that's got to be hard on the on the mindset for sure? Because you're not even doing it. It would make sense if you're out there like benching a bunch and you know squatting ten ten plates aside or something. You should feel that that sore after a day. But like dinner plates, right? Yeah, yeah dinner yeah. plates. Yeah, <laughs> like small dinner plates. Okay, okay. little little ones. Right? Yeah, that would be tough. Teacups. Yeah, <laughs> ten of them. <laughs> I feel like I'm balancing that so many times. <laughs> balancing dinner plates but i digress but yeah so how much of it actually does come down to for you um staying focused with the like how do you keep yourself motivated i guess to to keep on on <laughs> um well it's tough honestly um it's i usually need something else that perks me back up mm-hmm. um for me if i've had a day like that where i've just i feel crappy from sitting around and having bad posture and stuff. And then I get that sort of mental fatigue. I usually need something 
uh, either to force me to get some exercise or I take it from having had experiences where I feel like I've genuinely helped people. Oh, yeah. Where there's been some sort of compassionate interaction that just sort of, you know, boosts my general life state a bit. Totally. And then I feel more like I can deal with the adversity of whatever's wrong with my body at that point. Yeah. Oh, I would love what you said that. that, that that's a great place to jump to. Um, how important is social uh, circumstance? Like your, your five most people, I guess, that you're hanging out with. How, how much influence does your social interaction have on your mental well-being, both physically, mentally, and at the job? Like how... Is it, does oh, it make a big difference? For oh you? yeah, for sure. Especially in my portion of the industry where if I'm focusing on my work as a sound tech, um, it's often a really negative culture. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that everyone's a bummer. Like there's tons of sound techs I encounter with great attitudes, but um, often a go-to place is to complain about the situation of the gig yeah. or how, you know, the musicians just don't get it or whatever. Yeah. And if your day is too full of that kind of talk, there's like, I mean, it just permeates, right? It goes through your whole body. Absolutely. Energy is, a, we talk a lot of that. That's one thing in the last year that we haven't been as uh, as close as I really dove into is the mindset and the energy levels of where you're surrounding yourself. That's why I wanted to bring that up because I can, I can even feel you picking up in the room as we start talking about this and we start talking about the positive stuff, but then even your body position. And I see this all the time where people start talking about stuff that is like, a little more negative, they close things off and yeah. they, they bring it down there. They show it through their body. So I can only imagine if you're on set uh, for a show, six hours of that, <sighs> good grief, man. Like, get me out of there. Yeah. Like, I would, nope. <laughs> you know? Um, wh- what's the next step? Like, wh- when the industry is like, because let's look at it as a, as a harsh reality here. You're a guy that wears a lot of really important hats. There's a lot of people that are like you that do this in in the industry. What happens when we've got people that are like, I can't take it anymore. I'm done with this industry because it's just too much on my personal life. It's just too much on my physical well-being. I can't take it. We've seen that. Yeah. What is the ultimate consequence if we don't do something about it now? Well, you definitely suffer physically for sure. (laughs) And it certainly harms your your family and social interactions, right? Um, And especially – in music, you've got a lot of people who end up taking the touring route. Yeah. And so I actually haven't done a lot of touring, just some smaller scale stuff myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've talked a lot with people who have done quite a bit. And it's really obvious that the days are incredibly long. Uh, you're hanging out with the same people all the time. You're not necessarily eating great unless you try really hard. You're probably not getting any well-structured exercise. You might be doing a lot of heavy lifting, you know, where you go from sitting to suddenly Lifting a whole bunch of weight really fast. Yeah, yeah. That's not what we call training. <laughs> in the fitness industry, training ages, how, how often, how, how long have you been on a prescribed program? Yeah. And we're talking years. Working with a coach on a weekly sense. Like when I ask that question, people are like, zero, right? Yeah. And that's very common in this industry. So like ultimately, what does the industry have to do to, to make this a reality? Um, uh, well, I think it has to be more of an accepted norm, really. Like right now, the accepted norm in a lot of aspects of music is musical kill you, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Touring is going to ruin you. Yep. You're going to get a divorce. You're going to end up overweight with diabetes or something. Yeah. And and if people are thinking that, thoughts shape reality. Like, yeah. Literally, if you if you think it, it's going to probably come true. Right? Yeah. If you have that going into it, that's the expected norm. Yeah. Sweet. So uh, where do we start? Is there, is there education out there? Like what, what do you think is well, I, uh, the next step? I think education 
is definitely a really big part because um, you have to start making implanting the concept of normal, you know, earlier on in someone's process for it to eventually take on as a standard, even if that takes a generation or two. Right. Right. Um, and so I remember when I was in music school, we had one of our seminars, like a single day where we had some people come in and talk about physical health and exercises that people could do and that sort of thing, which is great that that happened. Um, Personally, I didn't feel like it was necessarily the most effective, the stuff they were talking about, but I'm no expert, so I could just sort of say I'm, I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Um, and if it happened more often, I think there'd be a lot of benefit. Yeah. I think vocalists are the first to embrace that sort of thing because vocalists inherently are more focused on their bodies because their body is their instrument. Yeah. And so they're the ones who are probably most likely to quickly embrace a concept of comprehensive self-care mm-hmm. as part of their post-secondary education or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, instrumentalists, not so much. I mean, I think drummers are probably the next most physical. Yeah. Um, if we're talking like pop instruments. Yeah. And beyond that, it starts to get more and more complicated, I think, yeah. because you have to, if you're going to integrate that in a post-secondary situation, you probably need to work on some way where you've got like a weekly class or something, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe people aren't willing to devote as much time. So maybe you get like a one hour block yeah. and then you have to find ways to fit that into your practice schedule that you're doing your home care routine, whether that's, that's yoga or whatever it is for it, you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that has to become normal and has to be accommodated for where people are expecting that someone is going to take time to do that. Yeah. So you can't assume that, you know, someone's going to do six hours of your training homework tonight if they have to fit in their hour of yeah, yoga. Of course. Um, I was thinking about that as well and how different people are better positioned or in a worse position to make effective use of the personal care stuff. So if we go back to the, the concept of being on tour and the wear on a person's body with that, um, it's really tough for everyone on a tour, I think. But the musicians actually are in a lot better place because the way that schedules are built, they have to have time. It depends on what the tour is, how the tour was scheduled. You can have some pretty terrible logistics, of course. But for example, the star on a tour is always going to have time because they have to do things like autograph signings or radio appearances and those sorts of things. So you have to compromise on where you use your time, but it's different than the technicians, for example. So your guitar tech, your front of house tech, your monitor tech, uh, the bus driver, the tour manager, all those people, they basically show up at the venue, say that you arrive at 8 a.m. or whatever, you set up, solve all the problems, you do sound check, then you do the show, then you do the strike, then you get back on the bus, stay up for a few hours, catch five hours of sleep, do it again. Yeah, it's a little bit So when do you take that. care of yourself? Yeah, yeah, talking about that grit, holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, it's not for the faint of hearted, right? So it's like, how do you, who do you think, who's got the answer then? Like where, where does this start? Where, where do we start to take a serious look at how, especially that we're on the topic, how tours are scheduled? Um, I don't think one can really easily adjust the logistics on that sort of thing because it's just such a massive enterprise. Mm -hmm. But if there, I think if more people knew small ways that they could be making a difference, your monitor tech is never going to have an hour and a half free in the middle of every day to do some exercises. Yeah. But 
if someone has looked at, hey, what does a monitor tech have to do every day? Even if you skip past the individualized body aspect of it, what are the repetitive things that that person is doing? What exercises can exist for the monitor tech and the front of house tech where you're standing there at the console, you got five minutes of downtime. What stretches do you do? Yeah. What body weight based exercises do you do? Yeah, it comes back to like instead of the elevator, take the stairs, like little, little things that are part of the, the, the day to day. Um, where you can in- integrate it while you're doing other things. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have to be a huge process. You don't have to sit and do. It's not. It's not an all or nothing. And that's a that's a common theme I see too. People are like, "Well, I can't. I don't have an hour." I'm like, "That's good. How much time do you have? Five, ten? Yeah. yeah. Cool. If you don't have five or ten minutes in your life, you got to reassess a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. Because you're not taking care of yourself. And uh, if you don't have the health. What else do you have? Like what I always say, like okay, yeah, we want a guitar tech on tour, but what's the point if you don't have the guitarist, right? Because he's yeah. you know injured or or sick, right? And those are the, that's the way your body will uh, manifest this this negative uh, atmosphere that you're in, and you know that's those are the things that I've seen is that it it stems itself from something a lot deeper because we're not taking care of ourselves, right? Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, let's uh, let's go into a little. That was that was heavy stuff. Let's get into some fun stuff. I love this question. It it makes people think. Go for it. If you had opportunity to orchestrate a, and and build a lineup of a dream band, it can be pop, rock, soul, classical, don't care, ensemble of whatever. Who would you put in that band, uh, dead or alive? Any amazing musician that you want or not amazing oh it's so bad at these favorite questions mike i know um (laughs) you know know, you've you've heard i know i've heard i heard actually (laughs) Um, it's great (laughs) okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take it in a because i'm really bad at remembering names too i'm gonna take it in a like a a slightly different way to answer it Mm -hmm. um so i would i would like to take people from different areas okay so I'm really into songwriting, um, and I am usually a lyrics first person. Okay. So, I think a fantastic band experience to hear would be some sort of mashup where you've got, um, you know, some fantastic vocal harmonies and arrangements. You take someone like Fleet Foxes or okay. Simon and Garfunkel or someone like that, and uh, combine it with fantastic writing. I think Paul Simon is a fantastic writer, but when I hear a lot of the contemporary pop rock alternative stuff that I like, um, I don't always find that the lyrics match the quality of the music. Right. And so the artists that do reach that point are the ones that I really dig. Like I mentioned bar brothers earlier. I think their, their arrangements are really neat. Um, but it's mostly about the writing for me. Okay. So if you were able to take, some of those greatest arrangers, most soulful, emotive players, not necessarily most skilled, right. and combine them with some of the best writers. Yeah. That's what I'd want to hear. Oh, perfect. Is that a live performance? Is that a record? What are you, what are you looking for? What are you? are you? Are you a live guy? I mean, you're around it so much. I don't know. Oh, it's funny. Um, I'd probably say record. Okay, cool. Uh, because I feel like in a live context – it's really hard for me to stop working, even if I'm not the one working. That's why I was, yeah. That's so it's it's tough for me still to sometimes you know sit at a show and not notice. Oh, this is what's wrong with the sound, or <laughs> oh, I can hear what's wrong with the sound. I know it's because they made this compromise, and this is the reality of the acoustic environment. Always working. Whereas, oh, if it's on a record, 
and you make the time to just sit down, lay down, whatever, with some headphones or a beautiful set of speakers and listen, immerse yourself in that world where you're hearing all those arrangements, you're hearing all those lyrics. Yeah. I think that's really a, a winning situation. And for me, that's also, that's also a good example of making time for self-care. Yeah. It's like a, you're kind of having like a mindfulness moment where totally. you're combining it with art appreciation. Yeah, and I oftentimes do that. I mean, I, I try to tell people meditation is whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be um, sitting in a, in a room, in a dark room with yeah. like candles and incense and stuff. It doesn't have to be that. It can be listening to a record. It can be out for a run. It's mindfulness and, and just being with yourself and taking time to yourself. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So yours would be like just sit down in front of the record player kind of thing? Yeah, and I don't do it often enough, but I enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into the last little bit as we close down. Um, what uh, What's one piece of education? We talked a little bit about how uh, this kind of stuff could be integrated into uh, post-secondary programs and audio engineering programs so we get a taste of um, self-care yeah, physically and mentally right from the get-go when we enter this career. So what piece, if it's a, a piece of um, – I don't know if you if you're a big podcast listener or I am actually, yeah. audiobooks or whatever. What would you recommend would be kind of a go-to that has helped you that you could maybe share with uh, with the audience that is in the industry that's um, that's looking for some more educational sources. Um, are you talking about just general education or yeah, physical wellness? Absolutely, like anything, like general general in, information education for for somebody. Like, what's the most what's a good takeaway for somebody in the music industry that uh, could be a book or a podcast or something like that that you found has has really helped you? Uh, well, I I'll give you two things. Um, there are some really fantastic books that I've read on the audio side of things. Um, if you <laughs> Depends on how technical you want to get. So on the most technical end of things, um, there's a book by Bob McCarthy called Sound System Design and Optimization, which is all about building and tuning sound systems. And it gets you a lot into the physics and stuff. So if that's a place you enjoy going, it's super valuable and it has a a nerdy, dry sense of humor to it as well. Um, The other side of what I would say something really valuable is content that has absolutely nothing to do with your work. Right. So um, when, I'm, when I've got chunks of time where I'm actually doing an exercise program at home or whatever, I'm usually listening to a podcast. And I think it's really important to listen to things that expand your brain in ways that you, you, don't, feel, um, you don't feel like you necessarily should or have to do that thing. It's just something that's totally free. Like I've been listening to... Uh, it's called Ear Hustle. It's a okay. podcast from San Quentin Prison. Oh, wow. Um, and it's stories, anecdotes, realities from prison life there. Wow. And it's making me think about things that I definitely wouldn't think about if all I was listening to was just listening to music or just listening to audio podcasts. Yeah. And I think it's always really informative when you can take the compassion and understanding you gain from unrelated work into your intentional work. Absolutely. Holistic process, man. Yeah. Yeah, every, everything's connected in one way or another. And if you only stay in one lane, you're not, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you don't know. Right? Yeah. I agree. That's brilliant, man. Well, thank you very much for that. I'll make sure we get some links on, on, uh, on that so that people can, uh, can find out where to learn more about, wow, 
prison life. <laughs> Last thing I would have expected yeah. from you. Holy smokes, man. <laughs> I've known you for a while, but I did not expect to hear that out of your mouth. Plus, two things there. That was insane. <laughs> Couldn't figure two movies out, but we got two education. That's the important part. That's freaking sweet. Um, and lastly, to wrap things up, I'd like to close on this one. Um, what would your prescription, being that this is the dose, yeah. what is your prescription for living your best life, one that is happy, healthy, and fulfilled both on and off the proverbial stage? Uh, for me, it's, it's a lot about building goals for yourself, achievable goals, breaking it down into, you know, what am I going to achieve today, this week, this month, this year, and trying to constantly check in on whether the goals that I have actually matter to me or whether they're arbitrary or just following someone else's prescription. Um, Because for me, having goals really helps keep you in check and also helps you recognize your achievements. It's something that I often talk about with my wife. Uh, Before she goes on stage, we usually list three things that she's intending to achieve in that performance so that the things that you can't control don't bring you down. So if you're playing a show and there's only four people in the audience, if you don't have any goals and anything to strive for, it's instantly a failure, right? Because all you can see is there's just four people there. But if your goal was, I want to be on this stage today, I want to have fun, and I want to really nail the chorus of this song, then you can see that you have made those improvements, and you can reflect on the successes you've had that day. That's brilliant. That's awesome. That's um, Well, there you go, folks. I hope if you're not currently doing that, do it. In- integrate. <laughs> right that's that's my insight for the day that's that's fantastic well thank you so much um as we as we close this one down where are people going to be best to to seek you out for your infinite wisdom i've had the pleasure of working with you for for sound and in so many other uh aspects of this industry and it's been an absolute blast every single time you're incredibly talented i'm so Thanks. grateful and uh and appreciative of you being in my life as both friend and uh and a professional uh, that I can count on. I know that um, you do some great stuff, and I've I, I've never heard of anybody uh, that has had such a great reputation in this industry as well. So, where can people seek you out for your infinite wisdom if they want to learn more about uh, what you do? I do have a website. It's mossyrockproductions.com, just spelled like it sounds, Mossy Rock Productions. And uh, these days, I've got a full time house gig here at the Bella Concert Hall, but I do a bit of freelance stuff on the side. And like I mentioned, I have been getting a lot more into teaching workshops. So I'm doing workshops for musicians on sound. I also want to continue to develop my workshops for aspiring sound technicians and related jobs. Um, So I'm always happy to take questions, even if it's, you know, suggestions on how to do a thing or recommendations. I like referring people to. So people can contact me by email through my website, whatever. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Um, again, just an absolute blast here today. We'll make sure we got uh, some links in there for the show. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, thank you very much to Mr. Ben Nixon. That was such a great uh, chat. I had a blast with, uh, with Ben. Um, I hope you got a lot out of that. I know I sure did. It's really, really quite amazing with how many uh, different roles that fella has in order to keep yourself sane and and keep yourself going and manage the family life. It's really quite inspiring. So be sure if you want to reach out, again, his uh, best way to contact is uh, at his his website. Just hit up mossyrockproductions.com. 
Um, another big thank you to Bella Concert Hall. It was great to uh, see that venue. It was really cool, amazing acoustics in there. Can't wait to see a, uh, a performance. I can't imagine. Um, that, that'd be quite the job. What a, what a workspace. So lucky dude, that Ben Nixon. Um, other thanks to our, uh, our music, our theme music there. Um, big shout out to Adrian Shalafor, uh, the track Head Down, Heart Up. Go find him on all of the streaming platforms. You can find him on Spotify. Uh, hit him up and say hey on Instagram. And uh, yeah, give him some love. All right. If you have any questions for me, be sure to send all the inquiries to yo at therockdr.com. That's my email. You can find that at therockdoctor.com. So therockdr.com. Hit me up over there. You can also find links to all my socials. Uh, you can connect with me. I'd love to hear um, what's working, what's not. If you've got any questions or whatnot, I'd be uh, I'd be honored to uh, to reach out, connect. Make sure you're uh, you're asking the questions. That's the big thing. All right. You can find me on all the socials at the Doc Rockter. That's the D O C R O C K T O R. All right, and if this message is hitting home for you, please do share it out with someone you care about. All right, that's how we keep this movement and how we keep the momentum up and help other artists just like you live a healthy, happy, and fulfilled life and be total rock stars, you know, both on and off the stage. So that's the whole goal here. We're a music community, all right? Let's help each other out, all right? Till next time, folks, you all stay sweet. Peace. final thought here folks if you are digging the show please please subscribe if you have not already and rate and review that's how this thing really grows and it would mean the world to me thank you so much